Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. Yes, it is Friday, Free for All Friday. You are welcome to call in here today, 844-777-7928. This is Brad Sykes. I know you're expecting Doug McCary. Doug will be back on Monday. Doug and Taylor have been out all week. And you guys have had to put up with me, and you've done a great job. Only a few calls, you know, to complain, but <laughs> not too many. But, uh, hey, you're welcome to call today, 844-777-7928. really has been a fun fun week. Uh, I've had Jerry Sinclair in here Monday through Wednesday. I had uh, uh, Victor in yesterday to talk about uh, City for Nations. And, uh, by the way, if you didn't get a chance to uh, to listen to those those uh, broadcast. I want to encourage you go to SWATradio.com. You can go and upload those uh, those uh, recordings. Uh, really, some good information, uh, especially what Vic, Victor and I were talking about yesterday with City for the Nations and how Jacksonville has got the uh, the summit coming up on September seventeenth. So I want to make sure you go and check that out. Again, you can go to CityforNations.com. And get all the information there about how Jacksonville will be adopting the nation of Thailand and just how you could get involved in that. And so I just I want to encourage you to do that. If you're if you're new to SWAT, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, SWAT Radio is a live daily broadcast where Doug uh, teaches and uh, we banter back and forth on how we practically apply the text. And so we're so glad you joined us. Um, my guest today is a dear friend. And I'm excited for you guys to, to hear from Zach. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about how we met, but, uh, anyway, um, Friday, I was, I went and had lunch with Zach today and, um, it's always good to catch up. Zach is a pastor, senior pastor at first Baptist church, Fernandina. And, uh, he is a Southern seminary guy which, uh, of course, uh, Zach, we've had Al Moeller here several times. Uh, he's been on our program a number of times. And it's always a, a great a great opportunity to meet some guys who have come out of his tutelage, if well, you will. Yeah, they're still working on me. We're, we're working on a doctorate <laughs> of ministry right now and uh, learning, still learning day by day from those guys. Well, you have a master's degree from Southern Baptist, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, – you have, I was kind of, even though we know each other, our listeners don't. In 2016, you were honored as one of the Connect Faith's Agents of Change. I mean, I, listen, these are, you know, it's interesting when you have a website, Zach. You know, it's like, I, I do have a website, but I'm not telling you where it is. So you have to <laughs> go work for it. You don't have to work for it to find Pastor Zach Derry. But, uh, you know, you, you sit over coffee, you learn a lot about a guy, but right. it's kind of more those things that are under the, under the surface sure. and uh but 2016 honored as one of the connect face agents of change uh zach is the author of our spiritual battlefield which we may kind of get into that today a little bit well i thought you know with the with the the acronym of swat it, you know spiritual warrior it's advancing truth it's very appropriate uh, absolutely and uh in fact, uh, one of the verses, Second Corinthians ten four and five, is one of the one right. of the core verses that we we stand on. And for those of you who may not be familiar with the kind of the five elements of SWAT, 
But it's number one, it's God's word. God's word is our authority. It's our starting point, and it's our greatest weapon. It's our sword. It is. Right. Uh, secondly, is prayer. Mm-hmm. That we are be, to be devoted to prayer, intercessory prayer. It It is really the battlefield. Sure. You know what I mean? And then number three is discipleship. And uh, it's intentional, it's relational, and it's the centrality of the gospel. And it's right. uh, there's that mutual accountability. You and I have gotten to know each other over the last probably – well, about a year and a half, actually. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. I wasn't sure how long it had been. Yeah, and I'll tell. We can talk a little bit about how how God connected us. The fourth element of the SWAT ministry is evangelism, and it's it's it begins with prayer. It's to be intentional, and it's to be natural. And so, uh, anyway, the, the the fifth is community hmm. and uh, authentic. It should be regular, and uh, you know, interesting in the midst of COVID how many people have missed out on community. That's true. It's been a big yearning yeah, to get back to that. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And so I want to encourage you, if you're listening to us today, and I've been kind of promoting it throughout the week, the SWAT Bible studies kick back off. Um, I'm not positive, but I think it's on the 15th of September. And if I said next week, I may have been off there, but Doug will, Doug will get us up to speed on Monday, but I think it's uh, we start back on uh, the 15th. There's uh, Zach, as you and I probably, I probably share this. So there's five Bible studies that meet all around town, um, all different places. Some for breakfast, some for lunch, some for uh, a nighttime deal. <clears throat> and uh, there's about 18 churches represented from around the the, the uh, northeast Florida area. And there's about 200 men who gather for these studies. That's awesome. Um, so it's it, it's just opening God's word and studying it. And then this year, we're going to be doing a lot more kind of hands-on discipleship. I'm sure as a pastor, that's probably as much of a demand as preaching week after week and after week is. It's making sure the flock is actually applying what you're teaching. Yeah, you know, uh, who are your men? I think it's one of our our mutual mentors that – Tommy Nelson, that you know, he he. When you start talking to him about ministry, you know, he says, "Where are your guys at? Yeah. Who are you pouring into?" Yeah. And you know, keeping those those proteges and those those disciples that you're training that would train other disciples. You yeah. know, that's the key to church health. Yeah, and church health is was key it. To church Paul growth. said, Second Timothy two two, the things that you've heard from me in the presence men. of many witnesses, and trust those things to faithful right. men. Who will teach others also? That's right. four generations. Sure, four generations. And I wonder, for those who may be listening to us or who may be in the the, the pews of your church, if you were to ask most men, who are you discipling? Mm-hmm. It it would it may be sobering to find out. Well, and you know, if if you've engaged with that, it's very difficult. It's very difficult in a busy time to get everybody scheduled together and. Um, you know, anybody who sat down and attempted to do something as that seems as simple as just taking what you know and giving it to somebody else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so difficult. And I think that's because of the spiritual warfare that's involved with it, that we have an enemy who doesn't want that to be easy, because if it's easy, uh, then the church is going to progress rapidly. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it is a battle. It's a war. You know, Paul had that warfare mentality. He traveled light and lean. And he was taking new ground for Christ constantly, and he was deploying his um, his his forces, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for for the purpose of 
evangelism and discipleship, church planting, and mm-hmm. and you know if if Satan weren't real, it would be a lot easier. Wouldn't that be the truth? You know. Well, in fact, I'm in the middle of writing uh, right now. I, like you, I know you do a fair amount of writing. Uh, in fact, this the book that we were just talking about. Our is it called our battle? Our or fight. Our, is our the, fight. Our yeah, fight our is fight. the title of it. But I was just. Uh, Kind of over the summer, just doing a fair amount of trying to do. I don't know how you write, but I feel like it's one of those things that has to be a discipline. Mm-hmm. Just has to go. Okay, I'm going to take thirty minutes or an hour, and I'm going to I'm going to devote sure. myself. And the main focus of my writing this summer is I just kind of titled it "Gospel Deployed." Mm. You know, because we are at least in America, I feel like we are. I, I, I hate to use this term, but I feel like we're theologically obese. Sure. And uh, we we have all the information, we just don't want to get off the bench. And I've, I've heard it compared to you know that the the guy who's just perpetually in Bible studies that never gets out and does anything, right? Um, and then and you know you can be so organized, you're muscle bound. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there is a sense in which God has has taught us to both receive and give, both you know learn, grow, and teach to others mm-hmm. that it does keep you lean, yeah. keep, keeps you mobilized. It reminds me of the story. I, I went to work out. Steve will appreciate this, but I went in, uh, I, I don't know, this was several years ago. And uh, so my oldest son, he's uh, just turned 30. Uh, he's married. They've got their first child on the way. But he is still, I mean, you remember what you were like when you were 30. Mm. I didn't have as much body fat sure. on me, you know, as I do today. And for you young guys, it's coming. Trust mm-hmm. me, right? Zach? The I mean, metabolism amen? is going. It's yeah, just day exactly. by day. You enjoy uh, it while it lasts. <laughs> exactly. But I said, hey, you know, I told Ben, I said, would you, you know, I'd love to go to the gym with you. Maybe you can help me out. He said, yeah, great, Dad. Come on, let's go. So we went to the gym one day and, uh, and of course, it had been a while since I've been in the gym, all the new equipment that's out there and. And so we're kind of walking through the gym, and finally he says, well, you know, I'd start here, and I'd do this. And and uh, I remember getting on one of these benches or something. It was a, like a universal type equipment, and I looked on there. First thing I'm looking at is the directions, you know, because I want to see, okay, here's how to use this machine, and here's the muscle that it'll work. But it took me about 10 minutes to do that, and finally about <laughs> 11 minutes goes by my son comes over and says you know dad you got to actually use the equipment yeah if you want to see any results you got to get the bait in the water and catch fish that's you gotta- it <laughs> you know it is truth it's spiritual that's right you know what right y- you can be full of great theology sure uh, i know i am you are mm. you know and many of the people who listen to swat radio or maximum life or whatever it is we are we are full of information mm. but much of us are like what james says we're 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 hearers of the word, not doers of sure. it. And so and we'll, we'll jump into that in a minute. We're going to take a break in just a second. But uh, just, uh, again, real quick, uh, Zach is the author of Our Spiritual Battlefield or Our Fight. Are those two separate things? Yeah, the, the okay. title is Our Fight. Subtitle okay. is, um, is Surviving and Thriving in Spiritual Warfare. Okay. He's also uh, has a podcast called Maximum Life which I had the honor of coming up and doing a podcast with you earlier, I guess early summer, maybe sometime. Really great. So we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. But, Zach, good to have you here. And, again, uh, if you didn't get to listen to us this week, go to SWATradio.com. You can download and listen to those broadcasts. Or, heck, download our app, and you can go there. And we'll be right back after the break. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here filling in for Doug McCary this week. That's one of my favorite songs, Zach. And I know you're a music guy. Need to breathe, brother. You're familiar with that song, I'm sure, right? Yes, sir. You ever meet those guys? No, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, They they put on quite a show. And for for those people who are listening, no, they are not what I would call a Christian band. There's no such thing as a Christian band, by the way. It's guys Christian who are Christians, people. yeah. 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 Uh, but from what I understand, I, I think I shared this, that my uh, my daughter Leah, who's in the music business, worked for those guys, uh, did her internship with Need to Breathe. And, oh, are they uh, Nashville-based? or? Uh, actually, I think originally they're, I want to say North Carolina or South Carolina, I can't remember. Their dad had a camp. And so... Um, I, Heck, you got your computer open. You can Google it, but uh, yeah, I I am um, I'm not as familiar with their work, um, but yeah, I've heard good things about them. Yeah, South Carolina, Seneca, yeah. South Carolina, yeah. it looks like they. Uh, so she did her internship in New York City uh, with their uh, management team, How and cool. so it just so happened, and now she has still great relationships with the Need to Breathe guys. But, nice. but and you'll appreciate uh, we we've got some good choice music on our entries here yeah so a little david crowder a little need to breathe quite a variety oh yeah you'll 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 like a lot of that because that's one of the things that you know our listeners need to know about zach is zach you're really a musician well you and i connected um we met during covid i think we had sat down with uh, a few of the local leaders that wanted to start goldsmith um ben reached out to me i still don't remember how ben and i met but Ben wanted to do a, a Bible study, and he reached out to just some guys in the area, and I was probably the most on the outer outskirts of Jacksonville. But uh, we came together online, and I think in the course of the conversation, we would each kind of contribute you know, what God was showing us. And somehow or another, you talked about having family in the music business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, we have we had uncles all on the Grand Ole Opry, um, friends with Johnny Cash and those guys, and so we were very much in in our DNA um, to be in the music the music industry, and so. Uh, you talked about it, and I, I just kind of filed that away in my mind. And then we we both talked about a, a friend we liked, a pastor that we liked uh, to listen to, and I listened to him like every day. And That's so, Tommy Nelson. Yeah, Tommy, for those, anybody's tuned in to SWAT, we've had Tommy on a few right. times. And so I'm like, you know, to run into somebody in Florida who's a Tommy Nelson fan, um, it, to the degree that you were, that was that was uh, exciting to me. And so two or three different things we, we connected on. And I said, how have we not met? <laughs> well, I've been here a couple of years, and you and I hadn't met yet. And so when we finally got together in person, it was just a um, quick, quick friendship. Very much on so. On many different levels. And so um, so that's been cool. It's been neat to see how God's using you more in uh, not just ministry, but also in the in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then and then me as a pastor, and you've, you've always had great relationships with pastors in the area and um, so it's been it's been great to just see how I can learn about marketplace ministry and the different ways God's using you, and and apply that in coaching our guys back at uh, First Baptist. Well, I mean, you and I both have a passion to make disciples, right? You know, I'm doing it in the marketplace, uh, but I do it, you know, wherever, however God's going to lead us. Sure, is really the thing that I want to be. I want to be able to say, Hey, God, here I am. Right. Wherever you take me today, mm-hmm. I want to Matthew twenty eight nineteen. I want to go Same as here. I'm going. Right. I want to make disciples. And we, you know, finding out when you when you sense a call in the ministry, knowing where to plant your life is kind of the difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the mentors in my life said, "Where do you think you can make the most disciples? Because that's the calling. Mm-hmm. So you go where you think you can make the most disciples. And so that you know, ironically, North Florida. I'd never been here very much. I'd, I'd gone to the pastor's conference at First Jack's. But beyond that, we haven't spent a lot of time here. But I found just this great um, group of guys who share a worldview mm-hmm. that are generally conservative, even if they're unbelievers, uh, generally conservative. Uh, and I found it to be really good soil for the gospel. Yeah. We've baptized a lot of people. And, and people who are just really wanting to grow and wanting to know the lord mm-hmm. know the know the scriptures and so it's been a lot of fun we've seen a lot of people come to christ well i want to i want our listeners so uh let's if you would <clears throat> so let's talk about where you grew up i want to hear sure. a little bit about your testimony i want to get into maximum life i want people to you know one of the things i've doug knows this about me is i in the in the same way in a, how have you been here two or three years and we've never right. connected it's pretty un pretty unusual to be mm-hmm. honest i know yeah. people think gosh we got a million plus people here uh, that's easily understood that but we haven't still, connected it's still but a small town listen, environment yeah, you know in a lot of ways a christian it, it, community yeah and i really have a desire in fact having uh, victor in yesterday and having jerry sinclair in this week jerry i've known for a number of years who has this ministry faithful and true which is about ministering to people who are struggling in the area of sexual addiction mm-hmm. then i have victor bruce i I'd met Victor before, but just didn't really know all that was going on. Then you and I meet. I mean, again, I I love for our listeners to hear about the ministries that are going on in our city right here. 
Uh, you don't have to go that far. <laughs> Dr. Strack, Dr. Jay Strack in Orlando oh, yeah. has been one of my mentors. I didn't and, know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been been very influential in my life. But he says friends introduce friends to friends. Yeah, that's right. And and to me, it's as simple as that, just building a network of community and uh, finding out, you know, whether it's Jeff that I've introduced you to right. and seeing you guys start to build things. It's it's just exciting to sit back and watch, you know, well, we, guys come together. You and I, in fact, you and Jeff and I just went and had lunch today. Right. I, you went. It was a new place for you. It was a new place yeah. for Jeff. Right. Second time I've been there. Right. The reason we went there is because I went there before. Sure. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What did I do? I told you about it. Let's meet there. Okay. That's really. That's how it works. That's how, that's how it works. Yeah. You know, and yet you hear statistics that 97% of people in the church today have never shared their faith. How does that happen? Yeah. You know, I know. So I'm I'm teeing this up here, Zach, so you can kind of share people, share with people your testimony, because that ought to be on our lips constantly. Yeah. So growing up, uh, northern Alabama, very rural area. My dad was a, a high school <laughs> dropout, um, married my mom. They had me, went, went to work as an insulator. Uh, back in the early 80s, you, you'll remember when they found out how dangerous asbestos was. Yes. So all the insulators got laid <laughs> off. Uh, Dad dad uh, began to work with my, my mom's business she had started. And Dad was a drummer. You know, we're talking about music. Dad was right. a drummer. And, and one night he was playing at a club, and his brother walked in and talked to him and said, Carl, it's time to, uh, to, to, to get serious about your life. You know, you're not a kid anymore. He took him to Goody Voss's house. It was the pastor of the little missionary Baptist church in our area. And uh, Pastor Goody led my father to the Lord. Your dad had not been in church? Never never really <laughs> been in church. It was a baby of 12 kids, and, and wow. his mother didn't drive, and his dad was an alcoholic. So hmm. um, never had been to church. He took me. Uh, mother, mother was a believer, uh, but they took me to church for the first time when I was around seven years old. And grew up in that environment up until college. But it really became real in 1994. Minding my own business, flipping through the radio, trying to find a good song to listen to before school started. And literally came across um, Charles Stanley. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons radio is important to me is because it, it, it was a big part of what brought yeah. me to Christ. Mm-hmm. But um, Charles Stanley was preaching on God made him who knew no sin to become sin on our account, that through him we might know the righteousness of God. And for whatever reason, it was like I heard it for the first time. In retrospect, I know I'd heard the gospel. Right. But, but, but I really, Dr. Stanley put the emphasis on what Christ did rather than what I did. And decisionism was a big deal in the South. Mm -hmm. And so it was always about walking the aisle, making a decision, getting baptized. And he put Would you have thought you were a believer at that point? Oh, sure. If you asked me if I was a Christian, I would say, sure, I am. I was the same. Yeah. And and would never would have been so offended if you said I wasn't. I would have fought you over it. Yeah. But I wouldn't have known Jesus. And, you know, if I ran into him in the street, you know, I mean, I, I was far from Christ and it was not a priority in my life. But. I began to listen to what Dr. Stanley was saying, and it was haunting. It haunted me is the best way I know how to Mm. say it. Laying in bed at night thinking about it, found it in my own Bible, the verse, and it, 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 you know, just the emphasis of it being all about what Christ did and not about what I did, and that shift from trusting myself over to trusting Christ. I remember probably what sealed the deal was Josh McDowell talking about how all of the apostles died 
saying that they saw Jesus alive from the dead. And I remember sitting on my bed in college and, and praying something to the effect of, God, I don't know what I am if I'm a Baptist or a Methodist or Presbyterian, but I desperately want to be what those guys were. I want to believe it so much that I'm willing to die for it. Mm. And I believe that was my conversion. Yeah. In retrospect, my life radically changed. <clears throat> um, in some in some ways, I'm still battling and working. Right. Because we're it, wrapped in flesh. Right. Mm-hmm. But it but it was a distinct change. My music career I'd been pursuing, I kind of put it back on the back burner and, and really focused on getting in church and growing. And, you know, within a year, um, God was calling me into ministry <laughs> and uh, met my wife. Now, how, how old were you then? I, I came to Christ right around 19, Okay, uh, the fall of 1994. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then probably that following summer is it's when ministry began to kind of be an issue and and being very um just disappointed and and you know not not happy in everything else i was pursuing <laughs> so and then you know preached my first sermon um i realized if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna need a wife <laughs> and brad it's it's you know preachers make this kind of stuff up this is i'm not preaching i'm telling the truth on mm-hmm. this one okay <laughs> this was uh, I prayed for a wife on like a Friday night, and that Sunday morning, Julie visited our church. Is that right? Yeah. So, okay, so these, this is one of those stories I haven't heard yet. You haven't heard this? No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to tell it in just yeah. a minute, but uh, isn't, it, isn't it interesting? So you, And I don't even – I guess I knew some of this because you and I had talked about your dad, but I was thinking about he's the youngest of 12? Right. Wow. Okay. So you got a faithful pastor that a friend – brought your dad to shared the gospel with him your dad receives christ and look at the generations now you have two you have three kids so i'm i want our listeners to hear that oh yeah uh when we come back from the what break a legacy. But, oh yeah and i mean and the fact that it's not yeah i mean some people may say it's your legacy it's it's, it's god's legacy right it, it's his story sure and uh he's just telling it through you and through your children through your dad right. your dad's dad's gone dad's, dad's in gone. heaven yeah 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 amazing so hey glad you joined us today here at swat radio uh we're gonna if you want to call we're always open for calls on friday 844-777-7928 heck maybe you're maybe you're in in uh in zach's congregation up there in amelia you want to just call in and give him a hard time you're welcome to today <laughs> 844-777-7928 swat radio we will be right back Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. You stood on this stage night after night, reminding me. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here with my good friend Zach Terry joining me in studio today. By the way, Zach, thanks for 
for traveling all the way from oh, Amelia Island to be in studio. We could have done this, but you know, I just wanted to see you. Yeah, thanks for hosting me, man. Wanted to have lunch and uh, and get together. And uh, gosh, it's probably been. I, we have, well, I haven't seen you since I was up doing your podcast, right? Which I want to get into. And I I told you when we started this, you know, we so early in the week we I had Jerry Sinclair and we were talking about the battle that men face right. in our day. And I think one of the biggest battles is in the area of sexual temptation, sexual addiction, pornography, just that that's a long road. Mm-hmm. And when I mentioned that we were doing this, you had kind of suggested, man, maybe we get into this book, this kind of book you've written about our right. fight, which isn't about sexual addiction. That's one of many. But it is. Yeah, there's, it is yeah. there are strongholds. But it's about suiting up. Yeah. You know, being ready for the battle. So right. I told you, I hope we get into it, and we we probably will. But I want to, I want to keep going with the uh, the uh, your testimony because I think I didn't know this about how you met your wife Julie. Yeah, we um we were both. I was, you know, came to Christ under uh, Stanley's ministry. One day, Charles Stanley said, "Pick up my book in your local Christian bookstore." I didn't know we had bookstores. Back then, you had Lifeway and all these other things. Right. I didn't. I, I really didn't know that. So I go in the bookstore. I'm looking for Dr. Stanley's devotional, and a little red-haired girl named Carrie was in there, and she kind of knew me, BC before Christ, mm-hmm. and you know knew that I played in a band and did all this stuff. So she said, "Are you a Christian?" And I said, "I think I am now." <laughs> and she said, "Well, you should come to the Baptist campus ministry," hmm. and Went to the BCM. A Guatemalan exchange student named Monica invited me to church, uh, First Baptist Church there in that area. So I went with her to church. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons I'm a Baptist. It's not because I've really logically made that decision. That's that's just kind of the way it developed. But the pastor was preaching. I, I had, uh, after about a year, was called into the ministry and realized in traveling as I've told you, when you travel, you get all of these weird interactions. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I needed to travel with a spouse if I was going to do that long term. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, the pastor, my pastor had preached on that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. And I went home and I prayed that God would send me not a date, not a girlfriend, but a wife. Mm. And so the following Sunday, uh, Julie's simultaneously had gone to college on a volleyball scholarship and her coach was a committed Christian. Julie was a committed Christian and they brought the entire team to this very conservative, uh, first Baptist church. One of the big rules was do not as an outreach leader for the guys, Misty Bogus was the outreach leader for girls. Mm -hmm. And the rule was I'm not to talk to girls. She's not to talk to boys. They didn't want to get romance tangled up in the, Sunday school ministry, you know, but this day the entire volleyball team showed up. So these Amazonian girls all show up and I just felt it was the Christian thing to do to offer my support, Mm -hmm. you know, and help uh, talking to these girls. So anyway, I got Julie's number and the rest became history. It, it, you know, we, we ended up um, dating and ultimately uh, got married in 2000. That's a great story. You guys have been married a pretty good while now. Yeah. Got married July the 1st, 2000. It's easy to remember the date. Always. I know it's oh, yeah. 21 years, you know. <laughs> Simple math. That is awesome. <laughs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I can testify to That's that. That's true. Uh, Vic and I are celebrating 36 years this year. And uh, 
feel like we just got married. Yeah. It's great. Well, you know, you know, it's different phases of marriage, it seems like. and Oh, completely. Got a couple of kids out in college yep. now. And so <laughs> it's just, you know, new day for us, and we're we're enjoying it. So you, you come to Christ, feel called to ministry, mm-hmm. go to college. I'm, I'm in college, um, but at that time, I had an opportunity. It was a Methodist church inviting me to come do a revival. And the only way I knew to do a revival was the way that I had seen my mentor, Jay Strack, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. do. And, and they would send guys into schools and, you know, hundreds of students right, would come. Right, Well, this little Methodist church had seven students, and they asked me to do a revival. So at 19, I go to the uh, the, the school district and get permission to go to the lunchrooms of every school in the county. Literally invited every kid in that county to come to that revival. Bought a lot of pizza printed up flyers, all the stuff that worked back in the 90s. Yeah. And hundreds of kids came to it. And we had somewhere like 30-some-odd kids come to faith in Christ that night. In rural northern Alabama, that was a big deal. Yeah. So it began to spread. It was in the paper, and other churches invited me mm. to preach. And so the next nine years, I was preaching sometimes three times a day, wow. um, every night of the week, most weeks. I never missed a Sunday in nine years doing revivals and youth camps and all that kind of thing. I love it. I so, love it. <clears throat> so when did you go to Southern? Uh, it, after about the ninth year, you kind of start seeing the writing on the wall that these Sunday through Wednesday meetings were becoming more and more rare. Revivals were not as effective as they want. And, and by revival, I mean an organized effort to reach the loss through mass evangelism. Yes. It was becoming, which is how I came to Christ. Sure, yeah. And they, in, in our day, they were very effective, yeah. you know. Uh, but it was beginning to become less and less effective, and I was becoming more frustrated. Hmm. I would go into churches and help them to mobilize to reach the loss of their community, and I realized that that the day I walked, uh, the hour I walked out, they redid everything, went right back to normal. Hmm. So next Sunday was going to be like the Sunday before. So um, one day we we were leaving a church, and I think we had uh, several people, 13 or 14 people, profess faith in Christ. And Julie could tell I was upset, and she said, well, you know, you just saw people be born again. Why are you so upset? And I said, Julie, I'm just so frustrated that I'm not making a long-term impact in a church. Mm. And at that same time, I heard Dr. MacArthur say, he said, if I were not a pastor, I would be a pastor's nightmare. Because there's so many things that I want to change and influence in the kingdom. I felt the same way. It resonated with me <laughs> that, man, I, you know, to, to make a long-term change in a community, you've got to really plant your life in one church yes. and be invested. And so went to Southern uh, in Kentucky, got open the door at a church at uh, Lancaster Baptist Church and pastored. Through, While you're at seminary? Right. So, <clears throat> yeah. you know, full-time pastor, growing church, growing mm-hmm. community. And going to seminary at the same time. Oh, that's great. So. That's great. So, did you always know you wanted to go to Southern? No. Or was it just, hey, I'm going to Pencil. I'm going to uh, Kentucky. This makes sense. Yeah. No. Southern Southern resonated with me theologically. Um, it, it really would have gone to any of the schools in my denomination at mm-hmm. that time. I liked all of them. Um, the the open door to the church is really what made that decision. Gotcha. Because yeah. I felt like I really needed to be in ministry. And theologically, it's kind of what we said earlier. I believe that theology, uh, theology is best learned in a laboratory, not in the classroom. 
Totally agree. You've got to be engaging mm-hmm. with it. So I knew as I'm learning, I needed to be building the church at the same time. You were there how long? Uh, three and a half years and then came back to Alabama for nine. And what church were you at? Capshaw Baptist Church in North Alabama. Okay. And it was just a uh, metro area of Huntsville, Alabama. And it was an exciting, uh, challenging uh, ministry, as we've talked about. Yeah, we were talking about it at lunch yeah. today, which I didn't, I, I kind of brought it up at lunch after reading the book, Our Fight. Uh, yeah. So if, if our listeners want to, you know, download that book, Our Fight, which we'll kind of touch on in a minute. Yeah. They can go to Kindle or or uh, Amazon. Amazon. You can get yeah. it. You can get it through most of the booksellers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming to Capshaw, it was an answered prayer because my father's health was very poor. I was the only child. Dad's a baby of twelve, but I'm the I'm the only child. So I come back uh, to honor my father hmm. and and to take care of dad. And spent the next nine years in that area, ultimately moving my father in with us and mother and and helping dad up to his last days. But uh, that was some of the most challenging days in my life Mm. was through that church and Mm. and, and some of the best days. Sure. But I learned a lot. Sure. Yeah. Well, you've probably got a lot of stories. I mean, I I love engaging with pastors. Mm. We were down in the lobby talking to one of my good friends, Pastor Tim Lusk, who's been on this uh, radio broadcast many times, and just the stories, you know, just a lot of heartache. Well, you know, everybody can relate to that. I think um, for, you know, if you meet another pastor and talk about the victory, sometimes you, you can, sometimes you can't relate. But we've all had the difficult days, and, you know, 2012 – is a year that will live in infamy in our household. Isn't that interesting? Um, it was um, church rapidly growing, uh, baptizing in the hundreds, uh, just you know, seeing so much fast-paced growth, and then simultaneously, um, for lack of a better term, all hell broke loose. Mm. And we had a you know some governmental changes and some some takeovers that that were attempted. And had moral failure on our staff mm. um, of, a, of a, a gentleman that was going, you know, undergoing a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety, and I think in an a, attempt to escape all of that, started going to um, strip clubs, mm. fell in love with one of the dancers, and lost his ministry, lost his marriage, lost. He was homeless. Yeah, he was bathing in a Walmart restroom. Um, you know, it was just so sad. And our we had a great student ministry, but a mega church snatched up our student director, senior adult pastor, dropped dead of a heart attack. And in the midst of all of that chaos, you get down to where you you either grab at straws or you stand on the rock. And yep, and it, <laughs> it came down to just all I know to do is just preach the Bible yeah. and just trust God for yeah. everything else. Amen. You know? Well, I, I shared this uh, this quote. Uh, may have been yesterday or the day before. Um, it is uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor here in town. It's his quote, but I'll read it to you. and It'll probably resonate with you in light of what you just shared. It says, when suffering enters your room, say to it, welcome, my slave. Produce for me the glory that God has designed you for. Wow. 
What if we looked at what if we looked at that at the challenges, the circumstances that may not be going as we prefer, as we would like them, and we looked at them as sent from God. That's right. To do a work in us. Right. Because you and I both would agree it's those struggles, those difficult times that God has used to transform us into the image of his son. Absolutely. Romans 8.29, if you may want to go read that. But uh, glad you joined us here at SWAT Radio. My good friend Zach Perry joining me in the studio. We're going to take a quick break and be right back, and we're going to jump in. We're going to kind of just leap off here and jump into this This book. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes, along with my good friend, Zach Terry. I know you know who that is, David Crowder. Mm. I could listen to that song all The beard. Day. So good. Yeah, the beard. The bearded one. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, glad you joined us here at SWAT Radio. Um, I'm filling in for Doug this week. It's Friday. Doug will be back on Monday. In fact, I, I've already heard that the the guys that have been out of town this week, the SWAT guys that have been out of town, they're, they're road tripping home. Some of them are tuning in. And uh, so let's let's keep them hanging on, Zach, for this last <laughs> segment. And uh, anyway, I, it's always an honor to come in and 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 fill in whenever I can. And uh, it, interesting, ever since you and I did meet, you know, eighteen months or so, th- there was kind of this connection. Like, man, we need to spend some time together, and we've gotten right. to we've gotten together as couples, and uh, it's just it's awesome, and it's. To me, even at lunch today, exciting to hear what's going on in your church up there in uh, Fernandina. That's First Baptist Fernandina. If you know anybody who needs a good church home. It's exciting things. FBFirst.com is our website, um, and it is so exciting to see in a over 100, uh, 150-year-old church that God is just doing a fresh work, and you would think it's as, it is as exciting as a church plant. In this established church that's growing, reaching young families, and at the same time, we've got we're reaching some uh, some senior saints that have been around. They've walked the walk for a long time, mm. and it, it's so exciting to me to look at those guys. And we're all going by the same scoreboard. 
for lack of a better term. Mm. Uh, we're committed to building a healthy church, not just a big church. And they're helping me to that end. And, you know, the healthy things tend to grow. And so we're looking at our first plant right Are now. You really? Good. Yeah, so we're Good. looking out in that Good. wildlife community oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know, that region that's booming in Nassau County. And so – uh, that's just so much fun to, mm-hmm. to sit across the table from guys who are much older than me, but yeah. but they get it. Yeah, they get yeah. it, and they're ready to tackle it and just charge hell with a water pistol. You hey, know, as, as long as they've got breath in their lungs, right? We're to proclaim the gospel. That's right. And I think about finished. think about the importance really uh, of having those older men in, in the church. And Doug and I talk about it all the time. It's it's a big element of SWAT is when you look across the the broad reach of SWAT, the SWAT ministry, you've got guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old, and then you got guys in their 80s. And it's such a great mix of oh, men. And, I mean, I think that's part of my my story and how God has, you know, done a work in my life is through the words and the life of some older men. Well, you know, you know how it is, and you've talked to enough young guys that many of us, even if our dad was in the house, um, they weren't spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we yearn for that spiritual father figure. And in a really good, healthy church, you get that. You get those those older men who will invest in you and sharpen you and hold you accountable and you know keep you from stepping on some minefields occasionally. And it's it's the gold in my mind. The yes. greatest thing we've got going is our old guys. Isn't that good? I mean, that is so exciting to hear because that's kind of where I was when I moved to Jacksville twenty almost twenty five years ago. It took me a while to kind of dis, I hate to say discover, but to realize that I was missing an older voice in my life, mm. and and I'd had it really through my dad, who. I wouldn't have called my dad a spiritual giant, but man, the guy lived it yeah. right in front of me. And in fact, you know, we were we were going through uh, Houston a few weeks ago and got an opportunity to just sit with my dad over breakfast. And you know, at eighty, almost eighty six years old, just to ask him things, you know, that he knows because he's been there. Well, you and know? you know, I don't have that. I don't. My right. fa- my father's in glory, and so you know, when dad passed away. To be called to a church that had many fathers mm-hmm. that that were ready and willing to invest in a younger man, it's just been invaluable to our family. Well, and I think Zach that it's one of the one of the things that I wish we could see more of is pastors like yourself who are shepherding a, a large church to really give give those men those older men. Kind of, kind of push them a little bit right. to say, I know a lot of them may not be seminary trained. They hear from a good preacher like you or from somebody like Doug, and and there's a tendency to go, wow, I just can't do it like they can, and yet that doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a symbiotic kind of relationship for for me. Um, some of these guys, yes, I can invest in them theologically, but. They have so much real life experience, mm-hmm. and you know, here's here's one of the things I've done is when COVID hit, I look at these guys. If they're upset, I'm upset. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they're like Pastor, we're, this is going to pass. We're going to get through this, and we're going to be good. Mm. Um, that they've been there, they've done that, they've seen it. Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. I'm ready. You yeah. know, 
It was interesting before before right when you walked in, I introduced you to Tim Lusk. Right, was my pastor for a number of years when we came to Jacksonville. We, just before you walked in, we got to talking, and you know, it's it's like right now, it's very easy to get distracted. Mm. I mean, there's a vortex of things going on, and you, you just name it. Just read the headlines, turn on to your local news, and it's just they're all just a bunch of vortexes they're just they want to just draw you in oh and pastors especially oh man well because you have a lot of voices that you're hearing from i mean you're shepherding a flock and and they're people they're not just people who are hurting and going through difficult things but then there's other things that they're passionate about that they want to probably share with you and and how important it is in fact this week has been very important even for me to have jerry in to realize Hey, in all the, the headlines that are out there today, there's a bigger issue going on. Absolutely. And the bigger issue is that there are people uh, dying today apart from Christ. Right. And I think of the verse you, you actually mentioned, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, 20 or 21, the, the verse that kind of got you. Mm. Verse 20 says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And I think of that verse before this next one, because the reality is we're to reconcile man with God. But we're so busy arguing about other, you know, you name it. And there's not that those aren't things worthy of arguing, but what's of first importance to us in the church? Is it vaccines or is it the gospel? Right. And verse 21 says, for our sake, he made him who knew no sin so that that he would become sin on our behalf. I mean, that's just mind boggling. No wonder that was the verse that kind of God used to. Yeah, just to think of think of God somehow reaching into 1994 and taking all of the sin that was in my life and whatever be in my life and placing it upon Jesus Christ somehow. That, that he bore our sin in his flesh on the tree, according mm-hmm. to Isaiah, and for the wrath of God to be poured out upon him and him to absorb it willingly and then to cry out, it is finished. It's, it's over. It's paid for. And for me to sit there in 1994 and for all of that to be applied to my account, all of his righteousness, and for all of my sin to be put in his account and to be paid in full, it was just astounding, you know, and it's, it's, it's a story worth telling. It is, and it ought to be on our lips constantly. Right. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into light. Right. We, again, there are lots of things we could talk about, but if we're not talking about the gospel, did you ever read uh, Greg Gilbert's book on what is the gospel? Yeah. Yeah, I've given that away quite a bit. As oh, a matter of fact, I mean, Doug and I—I I think Greg's been our guest, was the guest on SWAT, and uh, just uh, I remember reading that book and how he wrote that book. I think Moeller, somebody that's Southern, told right. him, "Hey, you know, this is going to be part of your job. Write this book." Yeah, and and especially in the South, I think in an area that's been so saturated with churches and Christianity. Mm-hmm. But a generation has arose that knew not Joseph, so to speak. They they did not know the gospel. According to Matthew, um, in the parable of the four soils, Jesus said that if you don't understand the gospel, the evil one can snatch it away. 
what's been sown in your in your heart, even though they may have heard it and sat under it. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think that's where I was at for many years, and a lot of people just need an explanation of the claims of Christ. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I mean that is so true. That's it's kind of where I was. Grew up in the church. These ears had heard the gospel, but. God had to open my ears so that I could understand it. Right. He had to open my heart so that it would soften. It would be good soil for the seed to get into. Right. And and now when we preach the gospel and you you know when somebody's getting it, when the light's coming on and then you you know when those eyes are closed and those ears are closed, but you can have grace on them and mercy on them because it's all God's doing. Amen. He's got to open those Amen. eyes. Amen. Well, hey, real quick, I know we got a phone caller calling in. Who's there? Hello, this is Taylor Johnson. Taylor, what are you up to, buddy? Hey, we are on our way back. We had a great week. Uh, we will be back in. Uh, yeah, we'll be back in on Tuesday. But Monday, wanted to let you guys know that we will have a re- repeat episode with Byram Bridal, Doctor Byram Bridal, on the truth of vaccination. So oh, that'll be interesting. That. That'll be interesting. Well, yeah. You, you, where are you guys? You're in Georgia? Are you past the? Yeah, we're or, making. Oh we're man, past, you still got a good ways to go. You, you still got a good way to go, man. Yeah, we still got a little bit, but we were listening to you guys. Did a great job. Well, listen, so I'm to call in and let everybody know. And, and by the way, Taylor, while I've got you on, I, I thought it might be Doug. Is Doug in the car with you? He is in the car with me. Yeah. <laughs> so SWAT Bible studies start next week, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, yes. that's what I thought. We are that, starting. Yes. That's what I thought. Okay. So, for our listeners who are listening in, I hope there wasn't any confusion. Next Wednesday, we start back. But you can go to SWATradio.com, click on uh, Bible studies or meetings, and you'll see there when we start back and where we start. So, uh, Taylor, thanks for calling in, brother. And uh, we're going to no wrap. Th- we're going to wrap this program up, and I look forward to hearing you guys back on Tuesday. But uh, don't miss Monday right. either. Zach, what a privilege having you in with me today, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I've enjoyed it. It just makes me want to go. Let's go get dinner together. Anytime. (laughs) Steve, thanks, brother. Y'all have a great week, and happy Labor Day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual